This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. And here. Tech Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. We'll cover Apple's financials and lots of other stuff, including the Apple Car and a special segment on pop culture and superheroes. We'll also hear from Dr. Timothy Summers, the ethical hacker, and we'll talk about that break-in to the Democratic National Committee email and more on the Tech Night Out Live. (laughs) One of our most interesting episodes recently was where we did a full half of the show in pop culture mode with Jeff Cameron of the Mac Observer. So in tradition of that... We'll cover a little bit of it this time, mostly tech. But first of all, I just sent to Jeff the first photo of the new Superman, an actor named Tyler Hecklin, who played in Teen Wolf, and he will play Kara's cousin Superman in Supergirl. So what do you think? What's your take on it? Well, since I've had literally seconds to look at this, my first thought is that uh, it's cool that we'll get to see more than just a, a, a color blur or a hand every now and then. Then my second thought is that he looks kind of small to be Superman. But you pointed out that the actress that plays Supergirl is pretty tall. Melissa Benoist is 5'8". And Tyler Hecklin is like six feet or six foot one. And remember also that Dean Kane is six feet tall. But remember, the woman who played Lois Lane was a lot shorter. So remember now, therefore, that Supergirl has to be a tall person. That's true. Yeah, she, she does need to be a physically bigger character than many of the others that we would encounter on the show. Having her be someone that is tall enough that they don't look like they're being overshadowed by Superman. That's a good thing. And remember also Henry Cavill, who played Superman, Man of Steel, Superman v. Batman, before they killed him off. I gave you a spoiler. He's six foot one. I've seen it. All right. So we're talking about someone that's falling right in the same uh, height range as the other people that have relatively recently played Superman. Exactly. I think that... Brandon Routh is like 6'2". Okay. It's also an interesting suit. It feels like they went for part of the look of Batman versus Superman style for the suit. uh, He doesn't have underwear on the outside of his costume. And uh, although he has a a much more prominent belt, it's red instead of yellow. And look also the S or the sign of the House of L. It's a different color. They took the color of the Christopher Reeve version of Superman. Look in the article at the suit that Christopher Reeve wore. Mm-hmm. And what they did is they took that emblem and gave it to 
the new Superman. Now, he's going to play a supporting role. He'll be in the first two episodes of Supergirl in the upcoming season, starting, I think, October 10th. And mm-hmm. then after that, I guess he's just going to be an occasional character. Because remember, the show is Supergirl. Yeah, I like the idea that he will not be a regular. This is Supergirl's show, and it, it should stay Supergirl's show. But ignoring that Superman exists in her world, I think would be a bad idea. What they've done so far is show just a blur. Or he interacts with her via instant message. Right. Yeah, so th- they haven't really been ignoring him, but at, at some point not seeing him could feel contrived. So now we'll just have a full-on Superman as a supporting character, and I'm totally cool with him being a supporting character. That's the way it goes. Okay, that's Supergirl, now on the CW, starting October 10th, and we can't wait to see what happens. Most of the other cast is going to be the same. They're going to bring on the sister of Lex Luthor, though. All right? Which is kind of interesting. And supposedly she has to get out from under the shadow of the big bald guy. I just wonder, though, in watching Batman v Superman, do you think Jesse Eisenberg was the proper Lex Luthor? I think he played a really interesting and intriguing Lex Luthor. The problem that I had with his Lex Luthor is that it wasn't the right one for that movie. And it finally occurred to me what would have actually made Batman v Superman work so much better. So keep our Lex Luthor as he is, and then just do a movie where it's Bruce Wayne and Diana Prince. That would have been really cool. And then they deal with this maniacally insane Lex Luthor. I think that would have been a really good movie. At the end of Batman v Superman, we'll just tell you one more spoiler. They shave Lex Luthor's head. Right. Yeah. So so we finally get the bald Lex Luthor at the end. You know, the whole thing with Lex Luthor being bald, I, I've always thought that was an interesting story where it, it was an accident. He, he was supposed to have hair. Originally, he did. And then in one of the early issues of Superman where, where they, where, excuse me, one of the first appearances of Lex Luthor in Superman, the artists, when they were drawing the character, someone forgot to put the hair on and they didn't catch it. And since that point, he's just been bald. Now, the first actor to play the live-action Lex Luthor was a guy named Lyle Talbot, who was a character actor. And he's probably most remembered, I think, for being on the Ozzie and Harriet show as one of the underlings. In other words, he played in a sitcom. But Mm -hmm. in the movie, it's kind of the same thing where when you see Luthor, and they don't call him Alexander or Lex. That name was added later. But when he appeared in the original Superman serial with... Kirk Allen as Superman, they thought Luther was this great scientist and that he was doing all this nasty stuff secretly, which is pretty much in keeping with the character. Mm-hmm. You know, so in Batman v Superman, he's one of these billionaires, these tech billionaires. You know, he almost felt to me like someone was trying to, to say, what if Mark Zuckerberg the CEO of, of uh, Facebook, 
was like mashed together with Elon Musk and was absolutely insane. What would that character be? And that's what they made their Lex Luthor. I like some of the scenes in the movie, but it was so grim. And the only time I even approached humor, really, was towards the end. And you're seeing this in the trailers where you have Batman and Superman looking at Wonder Woman. One saying, is she with you? And Batman says back to Superman, no, I thought she was with you. And that's about it. That's the only humor. Yeah, pretty much. It, yeah, there, there is not much happening in that movie to make you laugh, unless there's something, like, wrong. On the other hand, if you watch the first trailer for Justice League, that's funny. Mm-hmm. That's funny. Yes, I I saw that trailer, and I I, I actually really liked it. I, I have mixed feelings about the justice league movie only because the dc movie universe has been kind of hit and miss uh but just the whole thing with the way bruce wayne is interacting with with barry allen uh it's what a very different take on on barry allen the only thing that bothers me is why we have barry allen the flash depicted in the movie we now have another Barry Allen, played by Grant Gustin, on the TV show. But well, the same thing is true with Superman. We have Henry Cavill as Superman. He comes back to life in Justice League. Obviously, he's in that movie. And you know, and then you have another Superman, Tyler Hecklin, on Supergirl. That's got to be confusing the people. I don't know about you, but we have the non-confusing <laughs> Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you. People seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com. And if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. 
Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more. And this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com. ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. A little bit more in the superhero pop culture thing here. And I was mentioning the fact that the DC Comics universe has one group of characters in the movies. Superman. Mm-hmm. The Flash. Other characters. But on the TV series, played by different actors and totally different presentations. So in the movies, it's mm-hmm. kind of this dark, grim, dark night kind of atmosphere from the gothic graphic comics. And... In the CW, it's more traditional, cheerful, funny, comic booky. You know, the, one of the big problems I have with the DC superhero franchise thing on screen is that they didn't follow Marvel's lead and make the big screen and the television screen versions of shows in the same universe. So with DC, you have the television stuff, which is completely separate from the big screen stuff. And yeah, and then we end up with stuff like we're, we're seeing now where we have actors 
that aren't the same depending on which medium you're you're watching. Now that I think about it, we have the potential added confusion of taking the big screen Superman and making him the Adam on television. Well, that's yeah, that's a choice of actors there. But I think at the time that they did that, they thought of two things: the fact that he played Superman once, Brandon Routh. He had the cred of being a comic book superhero, and therefore <laughs> you pick someone like that to appear on the small screen, not sure. thinking that Superman would ever come out of it or there would be another actor playing Superman. So maybe that's it. But that's what they're doing in that series. They take people who have been in superhero shows and they bring them back. So the first Supergirl, Helen Slater, mm-hmm. plays Kara's adoptive mom, Eliza Danvers. And then her f- adoptive father is played by Dean Cain, who played Superman in Lewis and Clark. So you see that sort of thing going on. And Laura Vandervoort, who played Supergirl in Smallville, comes back as Indigo, this brainiac creature. So again, you have the same sort of thing, except to make matters even crazier, on The Flash you have a character called Trickster, played by Mark Hamill, who played Trickster in the original version of The Flash with John Wesley Shipp as The Flash. And in the new Flash, he plays one version of The Flash from another universe, plus Barry Allen's father. Right. They want to do that. They want to bring back all these actors who have done it before and bring them back again in a similar role or a related role. So the original Wonder Woman, Linda Carter, she comes back to Supergirl as the president of the U.S. I do like how DC on the small screen is doing stuff like that. It's, you know, honestly, I kind of prefer the small screen DC stuff to the big screen DC stuff. The exception may be Wonder Woman when that comes out. Gal Gadot is just terrific as Wonder Woman. You, you think of her as being different, built differently. She's slim and sleek and very, very tall. But she just aces it. If you saw the trailer, the first trailer... That's the one where her boyfriend is played by Captain Kirk. I mean, Chris Pine. Chris Pine, Mm mm-hmm. Okay. That's Steve Trevor's the character's name. You see her and you realize, although you realize this in one second in Batman v Superman, that this is Wonder Woman. Yes. You almost forget Linda Carter. Almost. I don't think I could ever forget Linda Carter. Well, yeah, the physically, the physicality is different. Right, but but still. Right, but if you look at... What she does, when she would spin around Linda Carter, she'd always overstep once and then stop when she mm-hmm. switches from Diana Prince to, to Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. You ever mm-hmm. notice that? Because I watched a, a montage on YouTube, and it's the same thing. All right, the guy responsible for DC Comics is a fellow named Jeff Johns. He's mm-hmm. the president and chief creative officer at DC Comics, and therefore he's the boss. He decreed with his crew that the TV superheroes and the movie superheroes, although being the same superhero, will come from different iterations of the character. Yeah, and I'm sure his reasoning for that was sound. However, I wish he hadn't done that. I I really prefer the way Marvel has done this, where all their properties, all the properties that they actually control. If you look at the TV series Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., for example, yes. where you see you have a couple episodes with Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury, just from the movies. Mm-hmm. One of the characters, of course, the uh, chief agent, 
played by Clark Gregg. He's from the right. movies where they killed him off, but he they explain how he was how, brought back to life. Right. And then one of the Asgardian goddesses. Right. She came on for an episode or two, except for one thing. She now has another TV series called Blonde Spot. Right. So that, that kind of uh, limits how often she can be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which I assume is never. But everything, the universe, though, is the same. So if events in the movies impact what happens on the TV show. Yes, that's one thing that, I, that I've that i loved about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. A movie comes out, and you have all the big-name superhero characters do their thing, and then the movie ends. And then you cut to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and they have to deal with the mess that the big-name superheroes left behind. But they do it with smaller-name superheroes. Of course, they did have this yes. two-year series, Agent Carter, where the yes. Peggy Apple character, and she's just great at that, where she plays the period version of Agent Carter from the late 40s after World War II. Right. And I thought she was just brilliant. I don't think it really caught on. And now she's on a regular TV series, some kind of procedural, where she plays a right. lawyer on ABC. So she got herself a regular series out of that. Which is good. And uh, she also had uh, a cameo in Ant-Man as Agent Carter. The old Agent Carter? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I just love how Marvel does that. I, I, I would be much happier with the DC properties. And, and I know I'm just being fickle here, but I would be much happier with the DC properties if they had a unified universe like, like Marvel does. Part of the issue here, of course, with the DC properties is that they have different generations of the character at the same time. You have this dark and grim version. I call it the graphic novel version, which is what Batman Begins and Man of Steel and all that. It comes out of that generation, and they take the stories from those graphic novels, and they adapt them to the screen. Mm -hmm. And whereas the CW is the more traditional comic book versions, and they have existed simultaneously. So maybe that's how they get away with it. Sure. Well, I, yeah, they can get away with it because they're putting out stories, for the most part, that that people are interested in seeing. So it, it, if it's working for them, okay, great. And uh, clearly they, they didn't consult me when it came time to uh, figure out how to put their universes together. That's, I'm just shocked. I can't believe they wouldn't have called me and asked me what to do. Well, Jeff Johns just took over this chief creative officer job over DC Comics at DC Entertainment. Mm -hmm. So it's his vision. This is what he does, and this is how it goes. We've got Jeff Gambit at the Mac Observer. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro One G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com.
Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is a warning to all household pests, to all cockroaches, spiders, ants, rodents, and other pests. If you've just made yourself at home in someone else's home, you'd better hope the owners never hear about Terminix. Because Terminix has the know-how and the means to do whatever it takes to remove you from that home. Terminix has over 85 years of experience exterminating invaders like you. And right now, they're making it easier than ever for homes to be protected by offering a free pest estimate to every caller at 1-800-676-1468. Cockroaches, spiders, ants, rodents, and other pests. This is your eviction notice. With one call, Terminix will remove you from the home you've invaded. If you think you can simply come back later, think again. Terminix will protect that home with a 100% satisfaction money-back guarantee so you can never return. Warning, homeowners are calling Terminix right now for a free pest estimate at 1-800-676-1468. 1-800-676-1468. Limitations apply. See plan for details. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507-800-478-1507-800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next.
we also have Tech Night Out Plus. And what Tech Night Out Plus is, is the commercial-free version of this show. How about that? No skipping necessary. It's also higher quality audio and to get yourself. That version of the show, you have to subscribe. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot So that's it with the superheroes, the movie version of DC, the TV version. And they're going to have that whole mess of stuff together with characters on the CW. Mm-hmm. And they got a character called Our Man who only has his powers for one hour. Debuted in the finale of Legends of Tomorrow, played by Patrick J. Adams. Remember that actor? He plays the fake lawyer in Suits. Okay, okay. I knew the name sounded familiar. Right. And, uh, and so now he plays a superhero. And, of course, you could have a crossover in December of this year. Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow, dozens of superheroes all in one show. Or actually four shows, a four-night kind of thingy. It's got to be completely crazy. But they're all up in Vancouver. That was a big change for Supergirl, not just going from CBS, where it was a weird fit, to Mm -hmm. the CW. It is taking the whole cast and crew to Vancouver, so I, I guess they share creativity with the other shows. Same special effects outfit, same guy doing the music, same executive producers. And I guess that's a way to cut the cost of the show. Sure. And it also gives you uh, a better uh, uh, continuity between the series and uh, a, a more... Uh, I would assume approachable feel because they're all being handled in the same way. Well, the one thing that proved that could work is it was a crossover episode of Supergirl and The Flash. Grant right. Gustin and Melissa Benoist, both of whom knew each other because they worked on Glee together. Right. So, yeah, so that that was cool. And I do like the way DC is doing their crossover stuff on TV. The That's, TV is great, and all the performers are great, and a lot of them are musicians. You know, they're singers. Right. It's about everybody. Well, Jesse L. Martin in The Flash is a Broadway star. Mm-hmm. He was in Rent. He also played in Law & Order. So we know he can sing. Right. We know, of course, Melissa Benoist and Grant Gustin can sing. Right. We know, was it, Makad Brooks, the guy who plays James Olsen? He's a rapper. Right. You know, they could do a full-on uh, Buffy-style episode where it's just a musical. That's right. Think about that for a moment. They can do that because every one of them sings, okay? So McCod Brooks is a rapper. Kyler Lee can sing. We know that the one who plays Win Shot, okay? Mm-hmm. Right? Jeremy Jordan's a Broadway star. We know that. We know that Laura Benanti, who played a dual role as Supergirl's mother and aunt, her evil Mm -hmm. aunt, Allura and Astra. She's a Broadway star. In fact, the reason you don't see much of her is she's on Broadway. Right. And by the way, she's doing a great imitation, they're telling us, of Trump's wife. That's her. Right. They said she does. She's the Tina Fey in terms of being able to imitate somebody in the campaign. She's doing Trump's wife. Tina Fey, of course, did Sarah Palin. Yeah, you know, Sarah Palin was such a good setup for Tina Fey. Tina should send her a fruit basket. I mean, seriously. Probably has already. Uh, I I hope so. 
Anyway, that's where it goes. Let's move on to technology. Apple Car. Mm-hmm. So Bob Mansfield, former hardware executive with Apple, he's currently engaged in doing special projects for Tim Cook. Takes over the project. That comes right, this year. And there's another new development here, which I'll mention in a moment. But so far, why would you take a guy, I'm going to ask you this, Jeff, a guy like Bob Mansfield, who has no automotive experience in his resume that I could see, and make him the head of a division that's going to develop a car? I don't think he needs to have car design on his resume to be good at this. What he needs on his resume is what's already there. He's really good at making new projects come together successfully. And he's really good at finding the right people to, uh, to handle the various tasks that he needs so that a project can be successful. So and, we're talking here about a skilled manager. Right. And I think that's what Apple really wants for the Apple Car project out of, out of Bob. They're not looking for him to design a car. They're, they're looking for him to successfully lead a team to bringing a car to market. And, now, the and, thing about it, though, he had retired and then mm-hmm. sort of brought back to Apple for special projects. And I guess that would mean some kind of consulting. So would this mean then that Mansfield brings the product to production? Then they hire an experienced auto executive to keep it going. And he retires again. I, I think so. And Well, he, he does his semi-retirement thing that, that he's in. And uh, he finishes up the project and then goes and does whatever he wants until, until Tim calls him and says, So, Bob, let me tell you about something. And then if Bob's intrigued, then away they go. And I can't imagine a better gig to have than, than a gig where Tim Cook can call you and say, let me tell you about something. And then you get to run with it. And that's what Bob, I think, is going to be really good at with this project. And I think what he does is, is get the project together, make it successful. And you need different types of managers, depending on where you are in a, in a project cycle. So... You need the kind of manager at the beginning that can get the focus and the drive to get the product successfully together. That's a pun when it comes to a car, though. Uh, It is, and I'm so good at that, I didn't even realize I I had done that until you pointed it out. Uh, So, Okay, so once they get the car to market, then you enter a different management phase where you need to, uh, to maintain and grow, but you don't need to have the, the uh, type of, of push that it takes to actually get the product out the door initially. You said push again, you see? Yeah, and I almost said drive, just for you. So, okay, now wait till you hear this now. Okay. Latest development came out today, you might have heard of this, the CEO of QNX, which is a company that makes embedded operating systems. Mm-hmm. was hired for Project Titan, I guess maybe to work on the interface for the car. His name is Dan Dodge. Ba-boom. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, well, it's it's pretty awesome on a couple levels. First, uh, you, you got to make the, the Dodge joke. And, and everybody saying, right now is turning off their radio in yeah. disgust. 
Well, the the upside of that for me is that you made the joke and not me. But um, I bet you were tempted. It's it did cross my mind a little. Um, yeah. Okay. So the other part of that, which is uh, interesting and and cool for Apple, is that he is bringing that expertise and experience he has with embedded systems to Apple, and presumably for the car project. And uh, I think that's a good thing. It's, Apple is very serious about this project, and they want to make sure that when they get into the car space, that they do it right, and that they do it in a way that changes the game, and that they do all of that successfully. So you need the right people to make that happen. Well, obviously, there'll be more hires, but when you get this information coming across, it confirms that there really is an Apple car. This is a real project. This is something that's going on. And no less than the Wall Street Journal has presented news about it. That's where the news that Bob Mansfield had been named ahead Project Titan. we got more sure. to talk about with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkeysoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Attention backpackers, on a budget, why spend $80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at 1 ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. Has your body ever gone low blood sugar feeling weak, shaky, knowing you better eat something fast? 
We all know high blood sugar can lead to many metabolic problems. At GCNteam.com, we have a healthy blood sugar pack, focusing on the structure and function of stable blood sugar. Find us at GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. Nothing feels worse than unstable blood sugar. Call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on Site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on Site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you are having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on Site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. This is Holly Thomas, Group Vice President of Cause Marketing for Macy's. Our company is working together with the March of Dimes through March for Babies to raise money and awareness about the serious problem of premature birth in the U.S. That's why Macy's is committed to raising funds through our employees, customers, family and friends to improve the health of moms and babies everywhere. Won't you please join us in March for Babies? Start a team today at marchforbabies.org. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. An Apple car. What will an Apple car look like? Now that's obviously something that Apple is doing, but it won't come out till 2021 according to current plan. So we've got five years. I've seen here, in fact, this is from Apple Insider, a kind of a mock-up. It looks like a Lego mock-up of this mm-hmm. car. And it looks to me like it's based on the Johnny Cab. Remember the Johnny Cab from? I do remember the Johnny Cab. Right. For, yeah, from uh, from Total Recall. Right. Recall, recall, recall. Okay. Now, yes. that's what it looks like to me. It is a butt-ugly vehicle for which they've affixed an Apple logo. And I don't think Apple is going to do butt-ugly. Now, we understand no. Tesla is fancy, but what they did is they kind of borrowed some ideas from Jaguar. I think we all realize that. Apple is not going to borrow ideas. Or obviously, if they're building this car, and it's going to come to fruition. And it's a real serious project, which obviously it is. If they're bringing on an interface guy for an operating system interface, they're bringing on a crack hardware executive who could bring it all together. So we assume it's real. They're obviously going to have a design that we cannot even predict yet. Right. And yeah, the designs that people are coming up with their own concepts of what the Apple car would look like. I'm pretty sure everyone is wrong. And I have not seen any any body style concepts that Apple has floating around internally. But my guess is that because we, meaning collectively just people in general, 
when trying to guess what Apple is going to design, almost always get it wrong. And that's because we don't think outside the box in the same way that Apple does. Well, that's the whole thing here. We assume that we can guess what Apple is doing. And I'll tell you, we're going to be every time we're going to be wrong. I have no idea. I assume Apple's going to have something there that's really, really nice. That's really fancy. I'm sure of that. I also think it's going to be fairly expensive at the start. But I don't know if they want to follow the playbook. I think the biggest thing about Tesla Motors is that they're showing Apple what can go wrong. Right. And Apple is more than happy to let other companies rush into a market and make mistakes so they can learn from those mistakes and do something better right out the chute. So the biggest comparison there, obviously, is Tesla Motors. We're talking about an electric car with pretensions of auto driving. And they've had problems with production. They've had problems with early reliability. What you expect from brand new models, they seem to be carrying on anyway. And the other thing here is what will Apple do about battery technology? And I was researching this the other day. So the Tesla vehicles get between two and 300 miles per charge. Mm -hmm. But Elon Musk was interviewed last year and he says it's going to be 600 miles in 2017 or maybe 2018. By 2020, 750 miles. Now that is something which is very important with electric cars. It's called range anxiety. And that is because it takes a little bit of work to find a charging station. As you run down power, you worry about it. You don't worry so much about a gasoline engine or even a diesel car because there's always going to be a a service station nearby. But it's going to take years to build a network of charging stations. And that has to be part of what Apple is considering here. You want to have a mass market Mm -hmm. product. Do you piggyback with other companies? Do all the companies get together like Tesla and Apple And they say, you know what, all our charging stations should be compatible because it's got to be like you're going to buy gas. You don't go to the Apple charging station or the Tesla charging station. You go to a charging station. You don't think about Shell or Mobile or whatever. You know that gas is gas pretty much, probably from the same refinery, no matter what brand name it has. And you shouldn't have to worry about that. You just get the right octane for your engine or you get diesel. With electric cars and charging stations... It's important, no matter what, that the companies building these vehicles have to get together to provide a wide network of charging stations, regardless of which model you have. I mean, you pay to charge. Mm-hmm. You know, you're getting it charged right. up, you pay a fee or something, and they can share the fee. They could operate it together, but it has to be. You can't have different versions. Right. And what we have right now is uh, or are a couple different standards for that connector and uh, and then tesla has their own connector but what tesla's doing is including an adapter so you can use the other standard connector styles with their car the the trade-off will be when you're using the non-tesla plug for charging your car it doesn't charge as fast Okay, that's nonsense, of course. You're going to have to figure that out. That is not something they should consider in the long term. I understand now we're early in the game, and Tesla's trying to carve out a space for themselves. And it's difficult. But I think when you reach a point where it's 2020, 2021, 
I'm sure Apple will come to Tesla and say, look, let's share the business here because we can't have that for the people. It's not fair for the customers. It's one thing if you have an Android phone or a iPhone or something. That's one thing. But they can still work on the same network. They can still work on AT&T and Verizon and all the rest, even if they're different phones with different charge systems. With an automobile, mm-hmm. you're spending forty, fifty, sixty thousand, a hundred thousand for that car. Don't shortchange the customer with incompatible charging. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I, I am not convinced that Apple's going to go with a standard charger. My guess is that they're going to do something along the lines of what Tesla is doing, unless we see a change in uh, in standards over the next few years before Apple Car launches. I think what Apple's going to do is create a system that charges substantially faster, but is also, like Tesla's system, compatible with the other standards. So you can charge anywhere, you just get a uh, performance boost in charging when you use the proprietary system. Which isn't all that great of an idea, I think, because now we have the situation you just described where we have these incompatible chargers. But I have a feeling that may be exactly what we're looking at. And it's not so easy to switch. We understand with a smartphone you can switch. It's not a major expense. But with a car, you're not going to say, you know what, I'll just buy an Apple car next time. It doesn't work that way. It's not so easy. So in the end that system is going to have to be modified. I agree with you. Maybe Apple will go proprietary at first. But also, we don't know what the climate's going to be like. It may be that five years from now, every auto company is going to have a line of electric cars. Volkswagen will certainly do it because they're going to de-emphasize diesels in the U.S. They can only make diesels that will meet the emissions requirements for the next couple of years. That's it. They have admitted that. So even if they go back to diesel cars after this settlement with the emissions scandal. It's going to be temporary. They're going to have to go to electric cars. They're committing billions of dollars to the project. Every automaker is going to have them. They will have to have them to meet 50 mile a gallon mileage standards. They're going to have to go electric. So they have no choice. They're going to have to come up with a compatible system for everyone. I think it's going to be forced in that direction. And there is a standard already. The problem with the standard is that some car makers want to charge faster than what the standard supports. I understand that eventually they're going to have to give that up. That's not something they should be allowed to get away with. Not that I want companies not to be free to innovate, but for the fairness of the industry to make the industry grow, they should share that technology. They should have one company or one standards agency that has the charging standard and everybody adheres to it and everybody contributes to it and everybody shares in the revenues and that's it. And I'm, betting at some point we will have that. I mean, it's not like you go to a gas station and you have to pick the gas station that has the pumps that are compatible with your car. You just go to a gas station. Exactly. We have to leave it there. This is the Apple car. We all expect it's going to happen. It looks like it's a pretty sure thing. It doesn't mean that after five years, Apple will succeed in getting that car to production. I kind of think they will. I kind of think they have enough resources. They're pouring more and more money every single year into it. They've got all that free cash. I think Apple has over $232 billion. They can afford to buy any automaker if they want. They won't. But they have all the money they need to build out a dealer network, to build manufacturing plants from scratch, to build 
or licensed battery technology. They can do all that stuff. They have yes, all. They can. Right. Yes, we can. That sounds like a political thing. Speaking of which, yes, you can get the commercial-free version of this show. That's a strange way to go into an announcement. Just go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. We tell you about the ad-free version of this show. Modest subscription fee, month-to-month, annual, five years, lifetime. Check it out. Got Jeff Gamut for a couple of more segments of the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pillett. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Moving from Apple Car to Apple Money, Apple Financials. So they did a fair bit better, a little bit better than the financial community expected. And mm-hmm. suddenly Apple's stock price started going up, way up. And there were made excuses. Some people, CNBC was making excuses for it. That's a really bad thing that they're selling more iPhone SEs than they could make. What's your assessment of this, all this nonsense? Okay. You know, saying that, uh, that it's a bad thing that Apple has a successful product seems kind of weird to me. So I, I'm discounting the concerns over the iPhone SE. It's it's like Apple has said time and again, if our products are going to be cannibalized, it might as well be by our own products. 
I think in the case of the iPhone SE, what we're seeing is a case where it's actually drawing new customers in and some upgraders that may have held off longer have uh, replaced their old iPhone with an iPhone SE. So Apple's keeping people in the ecosystem and drawing new customers in. That's a good thing. So I'm okay with that. And I've seen a lot of people say that it's really weird that Apple's numbers are down year over year, but their stock value went up and and they can't sort that out. And and the deal is, when the stock target values are set by analysts, what they're doing is they're, they're basing this on what they expect Apple to do down the road. So the value that Apple stock was sitting at going into the earnings report was based on the numbers that analysts expected Apple to report. When Apple reported numbers that were better than what they expected... They had to adjust their uh, their figures for Apple and raise them up because Apple was actually performing better than they expected. So seeing Apple's stock price go up when their numbers were down year over year makes sense because the uh, analysts had underestimated what Apple was really going to do. So the value is based not on what Apple has been doing but what analysts expect apple to do well that's that good sense? news sure so analysts are expecting apple to do better going into this next quarter apple is still going to report somewhat of a sales drop but not mm-hmm. as much obviously the iphone se is helping also the ipad because the sales reduction of the ipad was less than predicted and more and more people are paying attention and buying the ipad pros Mm-hmm. And therefore, the average sale price of the iPad has gone up against what people might have expected. And therefore, they're making more money from the iPad. This may soon mean that the iPad is bottoming out and sales will go up again, especially when people buy new ones. Right. My guess, now that we've had a couple qu- well, a few quarters with these new models of iPads is that we're going to see an increase in iPad Pro sales and iPad Mini sales. And and by iPad Pro, I mean the 12.9-inch version. And I think the 9.7-inch version is not going to see as much of an increase as the big screen and small screen models will. Doesn't matter. Whatever you buy, you buy. Yeah, there you go. It's It's all sales for Apple. Do you think there's anything Apple can do to really push it, or is it just a matter now of making these regular improvements, people having older iPads they want to upgrade, that sort of thing? Certainly, if you look at iOS 10, a number of older iPads are no longer compatible. That helps. Well, it upsets some people, people that are using the older model iPads. It's in In the grand scheme of things, it's okay. Because what this does is it it frees Apple from being held back by the processors that can't handle the things they want to do today. So go ahead and let those models drop off the support list. And now Apple can start focusing on on these new and uh, and what hopefully will be innovative features for current and, and future iPads. 
I'm thinking right now we're at a point in the tablet market product cycle where where new models are not going to be these massive revolutionary changes, but are going to be iterative improvements and enhancements based on what we already have. And I think at some point, though, in the relatively near future, we're going to see something happen with the technology for this type of device that allows for that next big leap forward. And that's going to be a big draw for people that are on the fence about buying a tablet or maybe on the fence about whether or not they need to upgrade the iPad that that they have today to something new. So what sort of technological leap would you expect? I'm not sure yet because... When I look at where we are with the tablet technology today, the sorts of things that I see that that people really want to have improved would be uh, more storage, more memory for running applications, faster processors, and I'm not seeing a big call for a tablet that that has like i don't know a holographic display or floats over the table or, i don't know uh but i think until apple tells the market this is the new cool thing that that is going to revolutionize the tablet space again we're going to see a lot of companies floundering trying to figure out what it is that's going to to really draw customers in. And we're going to see people like me that follow this stuff all the time saying, I don't know what it is, but when Apple comes out with the next big thing for tablets, well, I'll know it because I'll see it. You see, right now, all the iPads you see are all just iterations from the first one, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. The, the only big change from within Apple for the iPad line since the uh, the original model shipped, I feel, is the Apple Pencil. That Apple would accept that concept is one thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, uh, you know, if... If that's what we have to show for the the breakout technology change in tablets after several years of iPads, it, you know, is a uh, is a, a very interesting stylus. Then uh, yeah, we're at a point where we're kind of at a plateau. I think. I think that argument is being made also about the iPhone, which is why you have all these rampant predictions of the next iPhone, presumably an iPhone 7, Mm -hmm. not be a big improvement. Of course, we don't know what the product looks like. We see mock-ups that seem to be very close to the iPhone 6S. -hmm. That doesn't mean this is the product you're going to get. I assume that the mock-ups are going to be more accurate now because they're building them. For release in September, they're building them in July. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and the photos we've seen of what are purported to be the actual devices, yet they they look like an iPhone 6S or iPhone 6S Plus. And while some people look at that and think, oh, that's proof Apple isn't innovating. Well, I I don't think that's the case. I I think this, this is going to be the year we get some interesting new features and 
this is going to be the transition iPhone where we lose things that uh, that are going to like potentially scare some people at first, particularly the headphone jack. And Apple's going to take care of the things that everyone's going to complain about with changes to the phone so that next year when they release the 10th anniversary iPhone, we'll get the device that becomes a substantial leap forward. But it will still be different enough to warrant a very serious consideration. The other thing to bear in mind also is that to the people buying an iPhone 7, they probably have an iPhone 6 or an iPhone 5S. So what they're getting is a huge improvement. Absolutely. Absolutely, we've got more on the Tech Night Out Live. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10 the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step 1. Stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step three, Congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with reputationdefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit reputationdefender.com. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in... We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So we have Jeff Gamut for one more segment. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. If you missed the early part of the show, you can check it in the podcast version from our site or GCN site. We talked about pop culture for the first couple of segments and the fact that there is a new Superman. But right now we're talking about Apple and when or if they can have major improvements in the iPhone. But remember, whatever it is, it's still a rectangle with a touchscreen. Mm-hmm. There's only so many things you can do. Uh, that's true. At some point, we'll feel like there's nothing more that can be done. And then there'll be some technological breakthrough. And we'll find that there are new things that we hadn't considered before. Then our smartphones will take off down a different path. And that, that's okay. Yeah, that's fine. There you go. iPhone 7. What about Max? Now, Max sales are down like 11%. That was more than IDC and Gartner estimated. And Mm -hmm. normally they undercount Apple sales. Now they were kind of, sort of, pretty much it. So now, what do you say? So I think we're at a a point in, at least for consumers, where they're holding off. And it's not that people don't want to buy Macs. They don't want to buy the Macs that Apple is selling today because we've gone through this extended stretch where we haven't seen any significant upgrades to the product lines. And there's a lot of talk about new MacBook Pros coming out in the next few weeks that are significantly redesigned. I think that right now we're seeing a lot of people holding off, just like they're doing with Apple Watch, waiting for the new thing to come out. When that does, I think we'll see a nice upswing in Mac sales. So maybe it doesn't matter what the new thing is. It is that it is a new thing and it's late. Yeah, it's a new thing that's that's late. It's, it's late at least as far as consumers are concerned. Once it comes out, unless it's something minor like the current MacBook Pro model, but with a faster processor, that will really disappoint people. But if it's something where we get a, a significant redesign to the product line and we get uh, some interesting new features on the computer, well, 
if we get that, I think people are going to start snapping them up. And I'm, I'm basing that in part on the fact that I'm using a 2012 Retina MacBook Pro, and I have been holding off for uh, over a year now in replacing this because I'm waiting for the next big processor upgrade to the laptop line, and we haven't had that yet. The other factor is Mac OS Sierra. Mm-hmm. It dismisses some older Macs. It knocks them out. Sure. Okay. So all Macs from 2010 and later are supported. And a couple of models from 2009, like the late 2009 iMac, are supported. Everything else is not. So a number of Macs that could run all the operating systems through El Capitan, and there were no change in system requirements in recent years, suddenly millions of Macs can't run the next Mac OS. Therefore, sure. there's another incentive to upgrade. Yes. Yep. That incentive is there. And I've heard people really complain loudly about the Macs that are getting dropped off. And keep in mind that Apple is choosing to support computers that are like six, seven years old with this brand new operating system. And you just don't see that from other companies. That's actually pretty cool that Apple has chosen to keep computers that are that old on the compatible list for Mac OS Sierra. So we shouldn't complain so much. No, but I totally understand why people that are still using older model Macs and really don't want to upgrade their hardware but still want Mac OS Sierra are upset because they're in a position where if they really want to run Sierra, they have to buy a new computer. That will probably fuel some sales. I think people don't like to have hardware that's no longer compatible. We see a lot of that. That will happen with the iPad. You have an iPad 3. That's it. iOS 9 is it. iOS 10, you have to have the iPad Air, the first generation iPad Air and an iPad 4, that kind of thing. And the iPhone 5. All right. So what Apple has done here is not just engage in trickery to get you to upgrade, although certainly there's that factor that they want you to buy more hardware. It is they are not going to cut back on new features that require a lot of CPU horsepower and special processors and everything just to allow for backwards compatibility. It's not like the world of Android, where basically when they come up with a new operating system, the market share of that operating system won't really hit any decent level for at least two years, if at all. Right. I mean, the average person running Android has an operating system that's two years old. All right? Last year's that's operating system maybe has a 10% share. Google has no hope of solving that problem because the only way to do it would be to make the operating system proprietary and to take sole control over pushing updates. As long as you have this fractured mess out there, it will never be the same. It will never be fixed. And that means if there are critical security updates, you won't get them. And consider this fact, too. When the FBI had a problem with getting data off a smartphone, it was an iPhone. When have you heard them having a problem with an Android phone? Ever. And there are far more Android phones out there. But the FBI isn't complaining to Google. Give us backdoor access. They never say anything because there is no problem. With Apple, there is a problem, and we see why. It's about better security. 
and whether or not that's a problem, of course, is a matter of perspective. From from the FBI and Department of Justice standpoint, that's a big problem. From the private citizen standpoint, who is really pushing to maintain their own privacy, then that becomes a really nice feature. Now, if we had time, I would have discussed the way they've been changing Skype, where originally it was a peer-to-peer system, you know, where each individual computer maintain the network. Now they've moved mm-hmm. most of it or all of it up to the cloud. And supposedly that's going to reduce security. Well, yeah, we'll see. Skype has been uh, I have a very complicated relationship with Skype and it's probably not it's probably not very healthy because I really like Skype and at the same time I really don't like Skype. When it works, it's fantastic and when it doesn't, you have no idea why. And the big thing about Skype is For the kind of things we do, if someone can actually hear this interview, that's fine. We need all the publicity we can get. They want to hear this interview, fine. It's not going to be much different from the final version. We do clean it up slightly. That's the wee bit, that's all. What you hear is what you get in the final version. So if you hear it and you're able to tap into it, you're not losing anything, really. Maybe you're gaining something. I'm not encouraging this, for example. Jeff Gamut, please tell our listeners where they can find more of your stuff. Oh, sure. You can find me over at MacObserver.com, where I'm writing a a lot of really great content with a lot of really great people. And you can find me on podcasts like like MacObserver's Daily Observations, and Apple Context Machine, and The iOS Show. And you can find me on Twitter. I am Jay Gamut. Jeff Gamut, thanks for joining us in the Tech Night Out Live. Thanks for having me. It is always great to, to get to come on with you. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the conservative investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. 
Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and i give you a 60 day money back guarantee so you have nothing to lose and here's my best offer ever you can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free go to mypillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code gcn that's mypillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code gcn Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisements. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. On this segment of the Tech Night Owl live, we have Dr. Timothy Summers, the ethical hacker. And we're going to look at a lot of security issues. I guess the one that's just been in the headlines, Tim, is the one about the hacking of the DNC emails. Now, before we talk about this, how is it even easy to hack these things? You'd think a political party, a major political party, would take some measures to protect their email? (laughs) Well, you know... They're all using AOL accounts or Yahoo? There's two types of organizations out there, the ones that know they've been hacked and those that don't. So uh, the DNC, you know, I mean, granted, they actually have some interesting security mechanisms in place and actually by some of the industry respected leaders. But uh, it wasn't uh, wasn't good enough against the uh, the hackers that got it and took them for all they're worth data wise. <laughs> so they don't do things like two factor authentication or anything, you know. They do in some cases. Uh, in fact, I know for a fact that the, uh, the DNC director, uh, or chairwoman rather, well, the, well excuse me, <laughs> the 
former chairwoman, uh, was definitely using two-factor authentication on her email, uh, but she was using Gmail. So, you know, that's something to think about, too. I thought Gmail was supposed to be pretty good. You know, Gmail is pretty good, but uh, I definitely think that it's important from a security perspective. It's important that if you're going to uh, use your professional email to stick with that and focus on making that secure uh, rather than using your professional email and multiple other you know, emails that are pretty much out of your control. But in the emails that, that were dumped out, they were from DNC, and you could actually see emails from her Gmail in there as well. So pretty much the whole organization was, was pretty much screwed from the beginning. They also, unfortunately, spoke out of turn, it turns out. Uh, say that one more time. They also seem to have been speaking so, oh. out of turn there with some of the things they said. Yeah. But, you know, part of it, I think, is being misunderstood here. People chattering back and forth in email will say wacky things that aren't meant to be serious. And it's yeah. possible, I think, that some of these things were wacky things they shouldn't have said, but they weren't meant to be taken 100% seriously. But the thing here I wonder about is when people are exchanging email, office gossip, whatever, they may be sure. saying things out of turn, but you can't tell in the cold light of day looking at text what they meant and what their impression was. Right. Well, I, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to read the emails, but I actually uh, have access to the data and went through it. And to tell you the truth, I thought the emails were pretty straightforward. <laughs> they were being pretty serious. Sounds to me like they were being pretty dumb. <laughs> yeah, I definitely think that, uh, you know, as professionals, we should all refrain or try our best to refrain from saying things that are incriminating via email. The other thing to bear in mind, too, in addition to that, is the fact that they pretty much have to expect that anything they put in email, there's a chance somebody is going to see it. Exactly. You can't assume that's 100% secure, no matter what you do. And I'll ask right. you about that in a moment. Whatever you do, somebody will possibly see it, especially anything related to government, like a political party. I assume, therefore, that unless this was just targeted towards a DNC, that the Republican National Committee was also hacked at one point or another. Well, that's the question of the hour, right? Specifically in this case, it doesn't seem like the same hackers were interested in the, uh, the RNC. Or the G GOP, rather. Yeah, well, you think there they may be looking for nasty stuff about, oh, Trump. A lot of people, after all, didn't like Trump. There could be a treasure trove of stuff there. The, the, the interesting situation here is that those, the hackers seem to have not been very interested in Trump at all. Uh, I mean, they collected data from the DNC about Trump to create a profile on him. And bear in mind that these same hackers that, so from my perspective, my advice and guidance on this is that the hackers that hacked into the, uh, the DNC are the same hackers who hacked into the White House not so long ago. 
Aha. So, <laughs> so this hacker group uh, seems to be very interested in democratic matters, <laughs> uh, democratic party matters. So uh, the question that remains is, have they hacked the Republican Party? Uh, if so, what happened to that? How come we haven't seen any incidents of that? Uh, the other thing to call into question is Donald Trump's uh, encouragement that the hackers release Hillary Clinton's personal emails. That in and of itself is another question altogether that uh, really makes you wonder about the intentions of the hackers involved. Now, according to the published reports we're hearing, this was done by Russian intelligence agencies. Is that correct? So it's partially true. Um, it sounds so like the half-true statement from PolitiFact or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah it, it's definitely a half-truth. Um, so so the, the, the truth there is that there are three intelligence, um, primary intelligence agencies in Russia. Each of those three, just like any other intelligence agencies in any other countries, those three intelligence agencies do their own thing, and they don't really do a lot of data sharing. Well, each of those organizations has their own hacker groups that they utilize for intelligence. And when I say hacker groups, I really mean that uh, these are hacker groups that are independent uh, and really good at what they do. Well, it also means that those agencies, those intelligence agencies that employ these hackers, uh, sometimes have those hackers hacking the same things because, of course, they don't share data. So in this particular case, we know that multiple groups hacked into the DNC. And that's really the, the full truth there. Okay, so even if they don't communicate, you wonder... Did someone give him these orders, or is there an attitude issue there? Of course, how do we know motives? Except if it's focused on one political party and maybe not the other, we have to think about that. Exactly. Okay, so how does WikiLeaks get a hold of this information? The Russians give it to them? (laughs) So, right. So whenever hackers come across interesting data, they share that information with WikiLeaks. Well, why would they do that? Well, you share that kind of data with WikiLeaks because, one, WikiLeaks has a great distribution, and, two, Julian Assange has star power. Uh, you know, and we've seen that historically with, you know, multiple whistleblowing uh, situations. And WikiLeaks is all about whistleblowing without fear of repercussion. So if you're a hacker... You can anonymously submit this data to WikiLeaks. And WikiLeaks doesn't know who you are. So therefore, WikiLeaks distributing it to the world, the world doesn't know who you are. That's the beauty of WikiLeaks. No accountability. We've got more to come about security, a security update, the DNC, and I guess we're getting someone into politics here and more with Dr. Timothy Summers. I'm Gene Steinberger. In the Tech Night Out Live.
Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. 
Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend $80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at 1 ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle, live with Gene Steinberg. I have to think, though, if anybody hacks my email, it would be a badge of honor, Tim, don't you think? I don't have anything secret. Uh, it, 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 it would be. It would be. Uh, but you wouldn't say anything about it unless you needed that honor. Well, that's it, too. But, you know, this is a pretty screwy political season. When we have a hack like this, instead of both parties condemning the practice, we have one candidate welcoming it. That's Mm -hmm. as screwy as you get. Okay, so let's look at this now. What do you think an organization like a political party or government can do to try to minimize this or keep it from happening, or can they? So the best thing they can do is accept the new normal, which is assume breach. Uh, Assume breach isn't a defeatist perspective of, hey, you know, I guess there's nothing I can do. In fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, the, The good way to think about it is to think about playing sports. When you're preparing to play against a really good team, what do you do? You train as hard as you can so that you can play as if it's your last game. That's the same way that we have to think about cybersecurity. We have to be prepared with the intention that the next breach could be the one that ends us. That's how you defeat uh, this kind of hacking and cyber intelligence, if you will. Well, so we all have to accept this as something that's going to happen. We shouldn't talk out of turn. Well, Gene, you know, really quickly, just to, to you know, interject here, right? It's not necessarily that we shouldn't... The situation with the DNC sticks out so much because they were not just talking out of turn, but they were adversarial, secretly adversarial, with one of their own candidates, which uh, is really not what the party, being a part of a party, stands for. Uh, and, and no, they should that, have shut their mouths. I agree with you. This was very stupid behavior. Even if they yeah. felt that was the case, if they believe this, and we know in any political party you have different factions and different points of view, they should sure. have kept it to themselves or talk quietly among themselves, not been so naive as to do it in email. I have to assume, like I said, the Republican Party is doing the same thing. You had, what, 16 or 17 candidates there, and you have to think there was a lot of back-and-forth discussion. Well, did you see that? So in the emails, in that data, there's actual documentation of the DNC executive staff (laughs) proposing ways... To, that were in the favor of Clinton over Sanders. Sure. 
And a lot of Democrats felt very betrayed by that, uh, particularly the folks who supported Bernie Sanders. As they should. That was very stupid behavior on their part. They've got to think about their responsibilities, and their responsibility is not to favor one candidate. But as I said, we have no idea, we have no point of comparison as to what the Republicans were doing. What Exactly, exactly, we do not. We don't know if they had dumb Trump people communicating back and forth with the RNC. We don't know. And because we don't know, (laughs) because we don't know, we have no basis of comparison. We know that one party did something that wasn't nice. And they right. deserved the consequences in publicity. And, and, and they got caught. And they got caught, way. sure. <laughs> and, and that's the first thing here. And they probably learned a big lesson here that in the future, you know someone's going to hack you. Don't get caught. Right. This is the way it works with email. There's nothing they can do. If somebody wants to hack you, and they've got the resources of a major government intelligence agency behind them. They're going to hack be you. hacked. Right. <laughs> it's going to happen. So we haven't learned about anything secret from the U.S. government, though. Uh, well, it depends on what you mean by that. Sure. Well, <laughs> there, there has been some, before we even get into the U.S. government, one thing about this hack that has not been discussed and I actually think it's one of the more important things, um, is that in this breach, in that data, there is actually um, spreadsheets of personal information about political candidates in this country. For example, uh, I won't mention names, but in this data, publicly available, are not only names, social security numbers, dates of birth, and in some cases, passport numbers for political candidates, for people who have either run for office or have been in office, and their family members. That's been absorbed into the DNC chairwoman's exit of her position. Uh, But that's actually a really big deal. Well, obviously, the media is not going to publish anything like that. But I bet a lot of people there must be busy (laughs) putting blocks on their credits, ratings, and everything else. That's if they were notified. If they were notified, I sure hope they were. Exactly. Exactly. And so um, the media may may, may not be talking about it, but in actuality... Uh, it would actually be better if the media did talk about it, because then it wouldn't. It would be a public thing where there would be a lot of interest in getting WikiLeaks to take the data down. Whereas right now, people who don't go on WikiLeaks don't know that this data is publicly available. So the other thing now, I have to ask, though, here is. There's also the reverse, which is the National Enquirer will publish all that information. Say, from WikiLeaks, yeah. here's Hillary Clinton's Social right. Security number. Right, right. <laughs> right. You see, it works in both ways. The responsible media will avoid that information, but the less responsible media or the sensationalist media will publish it. Well, the other thing that 
if it were if the media did talk about it, you know, Gene, it would give the the actual people an opportunity to perhaps file a lawsuit against WikiLeaks. Um, they could actually file, you know, injunctions against some of the internet service providers in questioning whether or not WikiLeaks should be accessible uh, or whether or not their data should be accessible. I mean, these are all different types of questions that wouldn't come out in the court of public opinion unless it were brought out. And so the situation that we have right now is that people who are not hackers and not people like myself, right, who actually explore the data, <laughs> uh, the general public doesn't really know what WikiLeaks is. And so they're not going to go on there and look and see what's, you know, what exists in that data, because there could be, if you're a DNC supporter, some of your data could be out there. And you're not a, let's just say if you're not a uh, political candidate or political figure, who's going to call you and tell you that your data has been lost? Because they're not required to tell you that. So exciting, isn't it? <laughs> but you see, the thing that bothers me here is that it's giving the hacking community power in the elections. They've already shown it. I mean, it's yeah. become a major story in the past week. And whether it hurts or helps Trump or Clinton, I wouldn't presume to guess. Yes, this is absolutely right. The truth of the matter is, this is the first election where we're actually seeing blatantly hackers sway the election and sway the votes. It takes it back to all the movies you saw about hackers, where they do things, they engage in data breaches that impact society. And we think of that, oh, it's just fiction. Mr. Robot right. is just fiction. Right. right, but now right. we're seeing that, you know, Mr. Robot is based on probably, correct me if I'm wrong, probably an understanding of how the hacker community really works. Am I correct there? I don't mean we have, a, we have a lead hacker who is bipolar right, right, and right. sees his dead father talking to him, who happens to be played by Christian Slater. Right, right. Of course, but we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I just want to remind our listeners that we have... Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. What's it all about? It's about getting a commercial-free version of the show. Better quality audio, all for a low monthly, annual, five-year, or even lifetime subscription. Check it all out. Plus.technightowl.com. More with Dr. Timothy Summers on the next segment of the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com slash host. Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host.
First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day. But growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Paid non-attorney spokesperson, Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas, is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So on the Tech Night Owl Live, we're talking here as we pass the hackers who unlocked all those emails from the DNC and the potential for that, how hackers can possibly influence elections. And then we get to that TV show in its second season now, Mr. Robot. Now, is Mr. Robot... by the way. <laughs> it is. By the way, the latest person to be on that show is Meryl Streep's daughter, Grace Gummer. Oh, who, wow. Who looks so much like her mother. Okay, she plays an FBI agent on the show. I'm watching. Okay, how close is Mr. Robot, allowing for dramatic license, of course, to the real hacker community? Well, uh, Mr. Robot is about 10 years behind the hacking community. Oh. So, I mean, it it is pretty close, uh, but the representation of hackers in the show um, it's still a little aged, but it's but it's a great show. Um, uh, in fact, more hat today, hackers look more like uh, the young hacker executive in the first season than like the main character. So, so you say ten years ago? Okay, I won't go into that for a moment. Sure. What has changed in this ten well, years? Right, right. Well, one thing that's changed is we recognize, right, so the hacker community is being recognized not just of being people who are like Elliot, the main character, and actually, uh, and not looking like him either, right? Elliot really sort of represents what people used to perceive hackers to be, bipolar, strange, quirky, wearing a hoodie, dark, 
uh, in a basement somewhere, very, you know, introverted and quiet. Um, in fact, Elliot is really the traditional view of what a hacker is. However, 95% of all of the most successful cyber attacks today are carried out by social engineers, which is not what Elliot is. A social engineer is a people hacker, usually someone very extroverted, uh, usually very um, charismatic and very understanding of, of emotion. That's what today's most effective hackers look like. They look like everybody else. They blend in. They trick you into giving your information and then exploit it. So we look at hackers, we always think of eccentric people. Elliot being extreme, perhaps the character of Windshot on Supergirl. I don't know if you've ever seen him. You know, he has that kind of nerdy look. And the guy, by, I forget the actor's name, but if you see the series 12 Monkeys, the lead character uh, used yes. to be on Nikita, and he was the hacker guy. Again, the nerdy, eccentric character. And exactly. here, of course, he's the action hero. Yes. So it's a, it is important for the audience to realize that by the time things have made it to mainstream television or the movie theater they've been going through the Hollywood process usually about five to ten years. I would give you this uh, one great line that the guy plays when shot on Supergirl. The, this was a great one here. He had this just terrific line that I really liked. And the actress, Jeremy Jordan, who's a Broadway star, he plays Windshot, And he's defeating this computerized villain in blue called Indigo. And he says to her, you're just another Windows Vista. And sends her a virus that splits her apart. I thought that was a good line. Wow. Yeah, that actually, that actually sounds pretty interesting. And the way this guy handles My, it, he's a Broadway star, like I said. So it's, it's right. really well done. So I like that character. Elliot, you have to kind of get used to him because he is so extreme and so oddball. Yeah, he, he, he's very different. He's very eccentric. Um, he's very eccentric and very different. Very, you know, you wouldn't call him a... He definitely is not a social engineer. You wouldn't call him a social guy. You wouldn't call him an extrovert. You wouldn't call him... Um, you know, the kind of person that you'd meet out at a restaurant. <laughs> uh, but he's very technically inclined and very tech-savvy, right? Uh, and even in the, the way that the show uh, starts in the first season, you know, when the executive is calling him to come and handle the, 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 the big tech issues in the server room, right, that's the, the view that society has of hackers right now. It's Mr. Robot. And so, in fact, whenever uh, friends introduce me to other people, uh, when they describe what I do, the other people say, oh, like Mr. Robot, (laughs) because that's how we as a society um, make meaning. You know, we utilize TVs, TV and movies and and shows. Um, So right now it's Mr. Robot. You know, perhaps 
when we catch up, when the media catches up to social engineering, which is actually uh, where a lot of my expertise lies, um, hackers will look different. I suspect in the next five to ten years they will. They'll look like you. Let me ask <laughs> well, you a question look, here. If, like me. <laughs> if Tim Summers, <laughs> if Tim Summers is portrayed on TV, who plays you? Oh, I, I, ooh, that's a good question. I have no idea. Um, uh, actually, um, not that this is, you know, I mean, I, I actually think that in the movie Black Hat, they made the appropriate. Com- they made the appropriate selection to pick someone like Chris Hemsworth to play a hacker. It's just that they put him in the wrong hacker role. Um, and I'll tell you why I say that. Hackers today, uh, like my, like myself, my colleagues, um, we definitely are very focused on things like health and fitness. A lot of hackers do CrossFit. Uh, a lot of people are mindful of um, they're they're not they're not doing drugs and you know being stoned all the time and 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 even if you look at Elliot they portray Elliot that way right he's the the damaged character um, and you know he's you know he's, he's reliant on medications uh, and then even if you look at Chris Hemsworth's character in Black Hat. Uh, they actually tried to portray him in a similar light to the way Mr. Robot portrays Elliot. But the problem is, with an actor like Chris Hemsworth, it's, it's, it's really hard to make him look like Elliot. Um, they would have done a better job if Heath Ledger was still alive, right? He would have been able to do that. <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you one thing about <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, though. The guy, I understand, is very, very funny. By the way, I'm looking at your picture here. And I'll tell you who will play you on TV. Makad Brooks, the guy who plays James Olsen on Supergirl. Okay. Well, there you go. You know what he looks like, right? I Actually, I don't. <laughs> okay. He, but, I don't uh, know if, if you meet him in height. He's about six foot four. He's a big, muscular kind of guy. Yeah. No, I don't. Yeah, I know. I don't meet him in height. <laughs> okay. But I mean, just looking at you, I just thought that look, he'd be yeah, ideal. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, well, you should be complimented. There you, there you go. You're being complimented there. Because obviously, Hollywood's going to be a bigger, more muscular version of you. Unless you work out, and we don't know this, of course, talking to you on the phone. I, 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 work, out, I work out quite a bit. <laughs> I might not have the height, but I got the size. <laughs> you see, the size doesn't matter. No, wait a minute. That's another... That, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't assume it means that. Because we're already in trouble. This is the troublesome... Tech Night Out Live. We're going to get into more trouble because in the next segment, I'm going to ask Tim about how hackers might be able to influence the election by doing tricky stuff with the voting machines. Ooh, Ooh boy. Tim Summers and Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap. But not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host 
Once again, that's technightowl.com slash host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. If you're considering going back to school, ask yourself the following questions. Do you need the flexibility to take classes on your schedule? Do you have college credits you need transferred? Do you want to earn a quality degree from a world-renowned university? If you answered yes to any of these questions, Arizona State University is the perfect school for you. Arizona State University offers over 100 highly ranked degree programs 100% online. You'll earn the same degree as you would on campus, from wherever you are, on your schedule. Plus, ASU Online accepts most transfer credits. For information, call 1-800-933-1430. Learn for yourself why the Wall Street Journal ranks ASU fifth in the nation for producing the best qualified graduates and why 90% of ASU grads are recruited within 90 days of graduation. Learn to grow, learn to succeed, and learn to thrive at Arizona State University. To learn more about ASU Online degrees, call 1-800-933-1430. That's 1-800-933-1430. Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend 80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at one ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. You know about RVs, you've heard about bunkers, but surviving is not recreation, and man wasn't made to live underground. Introducing Survivalist Camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid survival bug-out house that's mobile, well-equipped, and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Go to survivalistcamps.com to learn more. That's survivalistcamps.com, providing your basic needs to survive. Survivalistcamps.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Okay, so we know the hackers can do different things by grabbing data and revealing the secrets that people don't want to reveal, like being completely moronic about criticizing another candidate in email with some awareness. Someone had to have awareness that this stuff could be hacked. All right. But Gene, that's the best way to that's the best way to sway an election is with the things that people don't want you to know. It's that is the that is the best way. I mean, think about think about the way that our political rhetoric goes. Right, even after the the recently the DNC convention. Right, what happened right after? You're seeing that Hillary campaign, that Hillary uh, commercial of kids watching Trump and seeing and it and it portrays him in a really horrific light. This is is this who you want your kids to look up to? That's the thing. And think about when we were talking about Trump's relationship with women uh, or the way he treats his employees or his failed businesses. The way that you really sway an election is by making a person not likable. And the best way to make a person not likable is by exposing things that they don't want exposed. And the best way to do that is with data that they thought they'd hidden or data that they thought was protected. All right, but let's look at it this way. People go into the voting booth. And the old days of paper ballots, there's a very simple way to cheat, and that was to simply not count a ballot or look for hanging chads or something. We know all about that. But with voting machines, is there any protection whatever in these voting machines? Couldn't somebody get in there and say, okay, it's 1,000 votes for Trump. We'll make it 200 votes for Trump and 800 for Hillary or vice versa. Actually, there's quite a bit of security in the voting machines these days, primarily because when the voting machines were uh, first becoming a thing, many hackers spent time hacking them to provide insights into the vulnerabilities that would exist. There's a lot more protection mechanisms built into the voting machines than there is built into the DNC's email, interestingly enough. The voting machines have their own flaws, but uh, we've gone through a lot of different iterations of them. I would say back in 2007, 6, 2006, that was a really hot conversation in the cybersecurity community. And in fact, the companies that were building the voting machines um, included lots of cybersecurity experts on the design committees. And uh, there was actually even a movie about hackers hacking the e-voting machines. So it's, it's, it's been one of those topics that in the community has been discussed very, very heavily. Today, if I go and cast a vote and they're using machines, mm-hmm. wherever the jurisdiction might be, and obviously different states use different machines, different cities use different machines, do I have a reasonable level of confidence that my vote is accurately recorded. Well, I'm going to make this really easy for your audience. The question to ask is, is the voting machine connected to the Internet? If the voting machine is connected to the Internet, there is a margin of error 
in whether or not your vote is accurately represented. If it's not, that margin of error is incredibly smaller. So that's, that's really the way to think about it. Okay, so the big question, therefore, is, Tim, the voting machines in use in this country, are they using an Internet connection to coordinate information, or are they kept separate? Or does that depend? That depends. That depends on uh, jurisdiction. That depends on government resources. Uh, it depends on a lot of things. The type of voting machines that they're using. Um, so there, that, the answer to that is it depends. It also depends on the type of network architecture. Is it? Uh, because in most cases, if they are connected to the Internet, they're not connected directly to the Internet. They're a part of a virtual private network. Um, but all of these things, the bottom line is, if it's connected to the Internet, regardless of being connected through proxies or uh, through, you know, through other machines or other networks, it's still incredibly more vulnerable than if it were not connected to the Internet. Is it common to use an Internet connection to do this? I assume the point being that they want to coordinate all the data and get it faster. Yeah. But that obviously yeah. has its downsides, even if you're using a VPN. Exactly, exactly. So it, it, it's, it's not uncommon for an e-voting machine to be connected via uh, other networks. So, so the, the, you know, the, the, to say whether it's common or not is really still a, it depends. Um, a lot of the machines are, but at this point, the security is held up as far as as far as we know, we haven't had any situations where a hacker has managed to manipulate the votes. Um, in fact, from the hacker perspective, it's more that remember the hacker philosophy, Gene, is not to try to go through the heavily fortified front door, but to go through the side door that no one's paying attention to. The voting machines are the heavily front, fortified front door. It's the obvious place to go. That's why in this DNC situation, we saw them going through their email because they decided to take the more human route. The more human perspective is, you know what? People are going to badmouth others in email. They're going to badmouth others after they've had a little bit too much to drink. They're going to badmouth others when they're at banquets. And in some of the cases with those emails, for example, you know, some people were saying, hey, I'm at a banquet right now, uh, sitting here having drinks with so-and-so. I'll have to check in on this later. But they're responding to these emails, even throughout the different types of social situations and environments they're in. Okay, so, so the people, point being here is this is low-hanging fruit. This, this is, is the easiest fruit. way to get nasty information that may influence voters. But what about e-voting systems where you can actually just vote online? I worry more about well, that than going into the machine. If you're using voting systems where you can just go online, typically the connection is going to be encrypted. Uh, you're talking an SSL connection with a relatively high level of encryption, um, which you can attack, of course. Um, there's timing attacks. Uh, so, so like I said, these are also going to be places where there's no organization that builds a way for voters to vote in an election and says, hey, we really don't need to think too much about the security thing. In fact, most organizations and local government and 
you know, in larger government that do these kinds of systems typically understand that a big portion of their budget needs to go into protecting that system. Now, it's not to say that those systems are not hackable, because they are. In fact, like I said, if they're connected to the Internet, they're hackable. I've got to do our break here. Let's talk about the implications of that. Dr. Timothy Summers, ethical hacker. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Dan Pillard. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpillard.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury Help Desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Dr. Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize for discovering how cells breathe. He also discovered how normal cells turn into tumor cells. 
He discovered the one prime cause of cancer was cellular oxygen deficiency. Dr. Joanna Budwig built upon the work of Dr. Warburg and discovered how to feed the cells to overcome this oxygen deficiency. She found that it was a sulfur in the cottage cheese that when mixed with fresh pressed flax oil, that the flax oil would become emulsified and more readily absorbed. Flax oil delivered in this manner was able to restore oxygen transfer to all cells of the body. Now there's a new method of pressing seed oils that produces the highest quality, zero oxidation, undamaged seed oils. The results on these seed oils alone are amazing. Now add our Life Force Enhanced One World Whey Protein Powder that is much higher in the sulfur amino acids than cottage cheese is, and you have a winning combination to confer health and energy like never before. Call 888-988-3325 or visit sacredseedoils.com. That's sacredseedoils.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, so we go into the situation here knowing that when you have an online e-voting system, it's vulnerable to hacking. So... Why do it? In the old days with politicians, they would just stuff the ballot boxes. Yeah, so what we, what we have here is a situation where convenience and accessibility is what drives uh, human interest and usage of technology. And if you can make it easier and more convenient for me to vote, you'll get more voters. And that's the way that the... Uh, you know, the, these, you know, the organizers of such systems think about it. How do we make it easier for people to vote? Because if you think about it, whenever we're talking about voting or elections, the question is, can we get more people to vote? <laughs> and can we get more people to vote our way? So what you do is the, the idea that they came up with is, well, let's make it easy to vote. Let's make it super easy. People can just do it from their smartphone or right from their home. Uh, and that's how we, that's how and why uh, voting online makes sense. But we still have that is potential it, downside. Exactly. Is it safe? Eh, <laughs> that's relative. <laughs> have we covered all or most of it here? Are those the key ways that hackers can influence an election? What else? I'm thinking of getting a well, hold of private information from email, playing around with the voting machines. What else? Um, well, let's see. So the other different types of attacks that could be that could happen, we haven't gotten to yet, um, right? We haven't gotten to extortion. We haven't gotten to exposing family issues. Uh, we haven't gotten to uh, exposing illegal business practices. We haven't gotten to. Um, political espionage, or, well, we, we are touching, we suspect that we're touching on it right now. Because if, the, you know, the question right now is, you know, was the Trump campaign working with the Russian government to do this? Uh, we don't have an answer for that. But if there's some truth there, then this is one of the first publicly known uh, incidences of political cyber espionage. Sure, but if Someone in the United States is working with a foreign power to undermine the election process. That's something akin to treason, isn't it? 
It is. I mean, that's the argument. So if they could prove that, lots of heads are going to roll real quickly. But I don't think they can prove it, obviously. That's the thing. There's no proof. So this is something where... There's no proof. Absolutely. That's the big issue there. So anything else we need to cover before we go into the next topic, which is obviously about things that might go wrong in the Rio Olympics that relates to cybercrime? Anything more on the Um, elections before we go to, to Brazil? I think the, in terms of the elections, we're really in a wait and see mode. So the next, next big thing is going to be, let's just see how this shakes out. You know, if there is a Trump presidency, is there going to be some data that's going to come out from some hackers uh, that implicate him? You know, or if we don't end up, if we end up in a Clinton, like a Clinton presidency, are we going to see some other release of data that implicates him or her? in said cyber espionage. Those are the questions. Obviously, we think about the legendary October surprise, where something funky happens during that month so close to the election that there's not enough time to refute it or deal with it. Right. Right. So that's the thing right there that could be an issue. All right, let's go to Brazil. I've never been to Brazil. Have you ever been to Brazil? You know, I haven't been to Brazil, but I, I have a, I had a, I've had a family member that lived there. <laughs> okay, so we coalesce this place where lots of people are going to be present. In terms of technology. Yeah, about half a million people. Okay, half a million people, half a million marks for the cyber criminals, yeah. right? That is absolutely right. Uh, half a million tourists with about 10,500 athletes. Okay, and so lots of room for extensive mischief. Extensive mobile data infrastructure. <laughs> okay, so now you're traveling to a place where lots of people are concentrated. What kind of things might go wrong? Well, uh, one thing that Brazil, Brazil has a very heavy... Um, uh, heavy leaning toward banking fraud. And uh, so we can expect to see a lot of financial fraud, uh, theft of personally identifiable information, uh, different, different types of situations like that. That's going to be where the focus is. I mean, because at the end of the day, the, the scammers and hackers that we're seeing there are definitely much more you know, in the business of, of making money, or rather taking money. This is probably true any place where lots of people are gathering, right? Um, this is true in some countries more than others. Uh, but, it, it, I mean, these risks are true anytime there's a large gathering. That is absolutely correct. Um, especially in a country like Brazil, where the infrastructure is having to be built on the fly. Cybercrime is at an all-time high. Um, in fact, cyber criminal activity, Brazil has the, one of the highest incidences of cyber criminal activity in Latin America. So Brazil is particularly, uh, you know, a, a, you know, a, a bed for this kind of activity. 
Okay, so if I'm a tourist and I want to see the Olympics, I should expect that anything I do there online, I want to keep in touch with things at the home base. Anything I do may be watched. Yes, that's, that's, that's a good assumption. Uh, that's going to be, well, when you say watched, <laughs> by the authorities or by the criminals <laughs> or by both. <laughs> I would presume that uh, it's going to be by both. But uh, unfortunately, the law enforcement can't be in every place at once, and they can't have eyes in every place at once or cameras. But uh, the, the cyber criminals only have to have one, you know, one good opportunity. Um, and that one good opportunity just needs to repeat itself a few times to make their efforts profitable. What kind of opportunities are we talking about here? We're talking about opportunities for uh, ATM skimming, where someone goes to use their ATM card and you've put a fake device on the front of it and it scans the card. We're talking about point-of-sale malware. Uh, a person goes into a shop, buys some souvenirs, and uh, there's some malicious software on the point-of-sale system and captures that credit card data or any other banking data that may be you know, necessary for that transaction. We're talking about fake uh, offers for different activities that seem like they are related to the Olympics. In fact, we've even seen a huge surge of websites that claim to sell tickets to the Olympics, and uh, they really don't. They just take your money. Uh, fake access points is going to be a huge issue. Cisco is the tech sponsor down there. So what they're doing is they're setting up, um, I want to say they've set up in the ballpark of 5,000 access points. But with that many access points, who's to be able to say whether that free public Wi-Fi that you see next to the coffee shop is a real one? You see, that's a real advantage for cyber criminals, I would think. Because you have lots of people coming to a country or a city where they're not familiar with the local services, they're not familiar with the local banks. And the things that might even set off alarms for the local populace, they wouldn't see. We've got more to come. One more segment with Dr. Timothy Summers. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. 
Are you one of the 70% of Americans that want to own your own business, afraid to leave the security of your current job to pursue your dreams? I'm Pharmacist Keith. Dr. Wallach, the Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy, and myself want to show you a low-cost way to create your own business, working around your current job schedule, creating extra income for you and your family by joining his crusade, spreading his message of better health. To learn more, visit radio.recordedvideo.com, radio.recordedvideo.com. That's radio.recordedvideo.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Attention backpackers on a budget. Why spend 80 to $300 to pump clean survival water? Introducing the Viva Water Pump Kit from Viva Outdoor Products. Super easy to use and super lightweight at only 6.5 ounces, the Viva Water Pump Kit provides high flow rate at one ounce per stroke, can be one hand pumped, and is dependable and affordable at only $24.99. Filter not included. Get your Viva Water Pump Kit at viba-odp.com from Viva Outdoor Products. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Owl live, and we're focusing here on the Olympics in Rio. I'm not going, folks. I can't even travel across town. But isn't that a a factor, Tim, that the lack of familiarity with the local facilities is a weapon that the cyber criminals can use? That is definitely a weapon that they can use, Gene. I mean, this is going to be a situation where tourists aren't going to be completely familiar with the environment. 
But this also is a physical security issue as well, right? I mean, people who are going to Rio may not be aware of the physical theft that happens there in the form of muggings and other types of criminal activity. And so these are things that people are going to have to learn on the fly. But the cyber crime element is really going to be less intrusive, right? It's going to be something that maybe you don't even realize has happened to you until you go and try to get money out of the account and there is no money to be had. Those are the kinds of situations that are going to be incredibly traumatic for people who are going to the Olympics. Okay, so I try to get money out of my ATM. I'm using this, it may be a place that looks like a, a bank or some kind of shop that has an ATM machine. And my money is stolen. Now, yes. what guarantees does the bank offer in case of a theft like this? I assume I have a regular mainstream bank account. Well, there's a few things at play here. One, if you're... For example, an American citizen, you're used to the bank reimbursing you for money lost. We have a such thing as FDIC here. <laughs> so so that's, a, that's a privilege that we have in part of our system. However, not every place has that kind of system. But Brazil has had experienced a lot of banking theft. This is actually a really big issue for Brazil. And the banking systems there are very used to it. Unfortunately, they have not done enough to, uh, to mitigate it. Um, and in fact, Brazil's cybersecurity laws are incredibly rudimentary. So it's a great place to be a hacker uh, if you want to just steal money from people and from the banks. So there's no guarantee you're going to get your money back. But if you say you're with Chase Bank or Bank of America in the U.S. and you're using an ATM machine overseas. They don't take responsibility a, to help you out? So there's a pretty good chance that you'll get your money back. But I wouldn't bank on it being, uh, no pun intended, I wouldn't bank on it being a, an immediate process. So it will be a headache. Uh, it will be something that is a little bit more cumbersome than you'd like because, of course, your American bank is going to you know, say, well, here are some things that you should have been looking for. Are you sure this happened this way? Right? Can you provide some kind of situational awareness to us? You know, we've heard this kind of situation happens in Brazil, but how do we know that this is one of those situations? I mean, these are all questions that you'll have to answer. And of course, if you can answer them, the bank will look out for you. But the question that you should ask also is, is, that, is the bank going to rectify this situation while I'm in Brazil? So the solutions here are, one, don't keep all your money in one place. And that includes bank accounts. Ensure that you're using credit cards and not debit cards, because that is a really big, a really big situation. You don't want hackers to have direct access to your debit account. If you have a credit card that you use and hackers get access to that, then you can always turn off that credit card and the bank can send you a new one, right? And then, of course, they can reimburse you the credit that was stolen, and, you know, that's not the same thing as having legitimately the money taken out of your account and you need access to that money right now. Credit's a bit more flexible. Well, the thing so is also, this is why incurred. when they say credit or debit at the store, I this always say exactly credit. One of and the reason I always say yes. credit is this way I know wherever I am, it's going to be MasterCard, Visa, whatever. They yes. will take responsibility yes. for fraud. Whereas otherwise exactly. I have to deal with the bank and hope the bank is going to listen to me. 
Exactly. And here's the thing. When you do debit and you enter your PIN number, there's no guarantee that you're not giving that PIN number to hackers. If someone has your card information and your PIN number, they've skimmed your card and they have your PIN number, there's nothing stopping them from taking money out of your, out of your account. Not only do you need a new card now, you also need to change your PIN number. And this is all stuff that you would need to do internationally, which you're incurring costs by having to do that internationally. <laughs> so it would cost you more than it's worth. Use your credit cards, stay safe, be vigilant. Do people even use traveler's checks anymore? It's actually one of those things that I still really like, but they're being phased out because of credit cards. The banks now encourage you to use your credit cards. Also, the other thing is that with traveler's checks, if you remember, they were still trying to, you know, you had to match your, your signature as closely as you could. And dependent on the vendor, the vendor might not feel comfortable with, you know, oh, this doesn't look like your signature. And you don't have to worry about those kinds of interpersonal dynamics with credit cards. It's like the credit card commercials say, you know, it's everywhere you want to be. <laughs> I sure hope so. Well, I think half a million people are hoping so as well. <laughs> now, now, Gene, I think it would be remiss for me not to mention and for us not to talk about is the, the jihadist situation down there. There has been a jihadist group, uh, or at least the jihadists have claimed that there's a, a creation of a new group in Brazil specifically targeting Western athletes. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I even want to travel anymore because wherever I go, things are going to happen. <laughs> I know with my son who lives in Madrid, Spain, what he does is he has an account with an American bank that, you know, has international offices, a large American bank, and he has an account with a bank in Spain. So depending on where he is, that gives him the flexibility to do what he has to do in terms of financial transactions. Yeah. That's his solution. It works if you live in the country. Right, of course. Um, but most tourists, right, aren't going to go start a new bank account, and you know, you know, if they're only there for a week or two. Obviously, obviously, which is, he's actually using a great strategy, though. I mean, his his approach uh, for living in another country is is the best approach you should take, and that's what I meant earlier when I said don't have all your your money in one basket. Um, you definitely want to make sure that you're utilizing. Uh, accounts that are spread out, and one of the fle- you know the flexible points with credit cards is that um, they are considered their own account. So you know if you have a two thousand dollar limit on one card, right, and you've got a three thousand limit on another card, they're they're two different accounts as opposed to using your debit card. World money may be in that pool, right? Um, and of course, with between your debit card information and your PIN. Uh, you're giving direct access to that pool of funds. Whereas with the credit card, you can segment it. As I say, I don't think I'm going to travel anywhere anymore. Tim Summers, <laughs> please tell our listeners where we can find more of your stuff. You can find me uh, at, on Twitter at HowHackersThing. You can also reach me on the web uh, at www.HowHackersThink.com. Uh, and of course, across all social media as at HowHackersThink. You can find us on Twitter, by the way. Look for Tech Night Owl. Check out Tech Night Owl on Twitter. You could also find Gene Steinberg on Facebook. If he's the guy with the plaid shirt, more than likely he's me. We've also got another radio show about UFOs and things that go bump in the night called the Paracast. And this week we'll talk to Mark D'Antonio. 
And we'll talk not just about things that go bump in the night, but about exoplanets, planets revolving around other star systems that might harbor life. We'll talk about advanced civilizations and the real potential, really now, for warp drive. It is possible. It's not just in Star Trek. It is possible for warp drive to work. You'll learn more on the Paracast at Paracast.com. That's Paracast.com. We'd also like you to help support the show in the best way possible, which is to join Tech Night Owl Plus at plus.technightowl.com. That's P-L-U-S dot technightowl.com. We offer a commercial-free version of this radio show, better quality audio, and for that convenience, you pay a low monthly annual five-year or lifetime subscription rate Check it out at plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S dot Dr. Timothy Summers, thank you for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thanks for having me, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.